Hello and welcome to the Green Eggs and Sam slash Cane Violation 2023 NBA Draft Extravaganza. Next to me is who else? Dan Greeny. What's up, Dan? What's up, Sam? When you get drafted, when you get drafted, let us begin. Golden State Warriors, they usually do not pick this low. Well, a couple seasons they had some lottery picks, but not really used to seeing them pick at number 19. This is Brandon Pazimski. Pazimski? Pazimski. Okay. Sophomore out of Santa Clara. That's California, I believe. Yes. Yeah, so uh, what do you know? He doesn't even have to leave the state. This is great. Do you think this guy will surpass Moses Moody (laughs) eventually? I would say absolutely not. Uh, This is an interesting pick. Just, you know, being out of a smaller school in Santa Clara, we had discussed on draft night that this guy kind of stepped into the role that the... uh, the J-A-Y wing Jalen Williams had at Santa Clara the previous season, um, playing some two, playing some three, just being the leading scorer. He was an all-conference player in a decent conference, the West Coast Conference that like Gonzaga plays in. So he played some meaningful games for sure. Just wanted to note that he was an Illinois transfer. Illinois is a big program in the Big Ten, as we know, Uh, Just didn't get minutes there, though, and that's a little bit concerning to me when a guy kind of transfers backwards. You see more and more often with the transfer portal now, some of these guys from smaller schools playing a year or two at their smaller school, even graduating and then transferring to a bigger program and, you know, playing a year or two at a bigger school. So to see somebody transfer kind of backwards like that, even though he had a big year, that raises some questions for me, you know, going to play lesser competition than trying to stick it out at your, you know, blue blood type of school. So we'll see what happens. I think Moses Moody might be primed for a breakout season, though, with Golden State as far as after the Jordan Poole trade. Mm. I kind of saw this and thought maybe they were thinking like along the lines of Dante DiVincenzo, that kind of player. Mm. Um, but we'll see if he gets rotational minutes. I would kind of doubt it. Uh, but we'll see. Yeah, uh, I mean, obviously they made that big trade, getting off of Jordan Poole's money. Chris Paul is going to be coming over next season. So you're probably looking at a starting lineup of Paul, Curry, Thompson, Wiggins, and uh, Draymond Green and or um, Kevon Looney depending on which route they want to go. Then, uh, obviously, they brought Gary Payton back via trade. And they got Kaminga as well. They got to figure out if they want to keep this guy. He's got two more years on his deal. I think this is probably the season where they will determine whether he should be part of the team for the next few years or not, as well as Moses Moody. Then you got... Dante DiVincenzo. I had read something that he might be interested in joining the Knicks with his yeah, former that. Villanova teammates, Jalen Brunson and Josh Hart. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see if the Warriors are any good this year. I hope not because the Celtics have their pick next season. Still sounds like a solid roster, though. I know. Yeah. I, I mean, I know Draymond's a free agent. I think they're going to bring him back, though. Especially after the pool trade, I think that's you know signaling that despite Draymond being an asshole, look, he's helped us win some championships. So uh, I think we got to deal with it. All right, moving on to the next pick, number twenty, Houston Rockets pick Cam Whitmore. He fell all the way down to twenty. And the stupid ESPN broadcast wasn't even really acknowledging this. This was like the big story of the night. Uh, what was the lowest you saw him projected in the, the mock drafts? So early in his freshman season this past year, he was injured. Uh, he had a significant injury. I don't recall exactly what it was off the top of my head. I want to say it was like a broken foot, maybe something along those lines. Mm. I think it was a broken bone, at least for sure. But he came back very quickly. So in that period of time, 
I did not see him projected very highly. But ever since he started playing a couple games into his freshman season, I don't think I ever really saw him any lower than lottery. And for the majority of like the pre-draft process, he was anywhere from like four or five to late lottery. So to get this guy at 20 is an absolute steal. Wow. Good for Houston. Absolutely. Yeah, they came out pretty well in this draft, getting Cam Whitmore. And then they got one of the Thompson twins as well, the one who plays point guard more often. I'm assuming Cam Whitmore is going to play right away. I would think so. Ime Udoka maybe giving him some minutes off the bat. It's interesting to me because obviously we didn't see the Thompson twins play too much. But again, this guy was projected right around where both of them were picked. So this is like really getting a double lottery pick um, and getting the second guy at number 20. This guy is a bull on the wing, six foot seven, about 230, 235. And this is not like a Bryce Sensabaugh situation where maybe he has to lose some weight, it looks like. This guy is jacked. This guy is like a, a Mack truck attacking the basket. Can shoot the three as well. Didn't shoot a great percentage, but you could see the jump shot is there. It's going to start falling the more he works on it. He'll stretch it out to the NBA three-point line right away. And again, this guy's toughness really stood out to me this past season. As a young kid, as a freshman, going up, up against older competition, just sticking his nose in there defensively, rebounding. You weren't pushing this guy around on the wing. Uh, so he's definitely physically ready to play. I know that they had a pretty nice draft last year as far as obviously getting Jabari Smith near the top, and then I like that Tari Eason pick too. I would say this guy's going to be in competition for minutes with Tari Eason, and I think they'll probably find a way to play both of them you know, 20, 25 minutes off the bench this coming season. Yeah, so looking at their roster here, they got another guy who's kind of clogging up the minutes at forward. He's not bad, but I don't think he quite fits on the timeline of all the other younger players. Jay Sean Tate is still on the team. So solid player, I would say, from watching him at Ohio State years ago, but I think maybe a limited upside. Mm-hmm. Would that be a proper assessment from what you've seen in the NBA? Yeah, I'd say so. He, I mean, he didn't even go right to the NBA. I think he was playing in Australia for a little while, and then Houston picked him up. Uh, this was a guy I always eyed for the Celtics coming off the bench, and you know, it's on a fairly cheap deal, $6 million this year, $7 million the next Um I think that's pretty fair for the type of player he is. So I'm wondering if Houston might move on from him, give the younger guys uh, some more playing time. I mean, he's still kind of young. He's 27, but, I mean, looking at the rest of the roster, it's guys that are, you know, no older than, like, 22, 23. So, um, uh, yeah, so many young guys. You got Jalen Green, Jabari Smith Jr., Boban Marjan, kidding. Um, he's a free agent this year. Uh, Sangoon, Tari Eason, Kevin Porter Jr., bad boy. Yeah, it's the youth movement, I'd say. But now that Udoka's there, I don't know. Maybe he's going to want to speed things up a little bit, try and figure out, all right, Let's let's start eliminating some of these guys here. There's too many young guys. I want to win now. Okay, let's see. Let's see who I can put out there in uh, you know tough situations. All right, this guy's not playing defense. All right, I'm gonna call his girl later. You're gone. Um, then you know we'll uh, well all right we'll put in Tari's and he's gonna he's gonna do a good job. We'll keep him. I don't know, Josh Christopher, uh, not a, a pretty basic name. I think we can get him off the team. Uh, Garuba, uh, I don't know. I can't think of a nickname for him. Maybe, maybe we'll we'll package him, Christopher. You know, get a veteran in. We'll see. Um, I don't know. I don't know what's going on through Yudoka's head. I I don't think I want to though. So we'll see what they end up doing. They got some cap space here. Uh, rumors that James Harden was going to come back. Those have actually died down significantly. He's going back to Philly, you think? That's what that's what it sounds like, yeah, that he's going to do that. So, um, I mean, it was rumored 
back when this first came out. I, I want to say this is dating back to December that people were saying, "Oh, he's going, he's going back to Houston this uh, next season." But I'm wondering if that was just leverage to get Philly to offer him a big contract. Otherwise, he's like, all right, if you don't, I'm going to Houston. He actually played so much better after that, I feel like, as well. Yeah, he did play pretty well. And, hey, he did he did an incredible job against the Celtics in the playoffs. I know he fell apart at the end there, had uh, you know, some, uh, some mistakes towards uh, uh, Game 7. Oh, my God, talk about a collapse mental collapse on his end but he hit he hit a game-winning shot he hit he hit like two really big shots throughout that series a couple 40-point playoff games he was much better than last year yeah I mean not quite the guy from 2018 MVP but still very very good but it doesn't sound like he's coming back to this team so we'll see what they end up doing with their cap space um, I don't know. Given all those names, kind of seems like, nah, maybe not a big man. I don't know. I think they're kind of all set position wise. Like maybe forward, they need. I think you hit the nail on the head with the uh, Udoka molding of this team, and this guy fits right into that defensive minded culture. He's not going to score big points right off the bat, I wouldn't think, but he's going to defend and rebound, and that's where you start with Ime Udoka, it seems like. Yeah. So, perhaps, yeah, there's still a lot more that's going to happen to this team in the offseason, I'd say. So, let's move on to the Brooklyn Nats, who had two picks in a row due to their trade with Phoenix. Actually looking like a really good trade for the Nets now. I'm liking uh, Mikhail Bridges as well as Cam Johnson. Uh, kind of kind of an interesting team. I'm surprised they didn't win a playoff game against the Sixers. I thought, I thought that was going to be a more competitive series. I don't know. It probably didn't help that they... <laughs> Only had one center, and basically just playing Nick Claxton at center. So, um, they got another big man in Noah Clowney, and then right after that, they got a shooting guard, Derek Whitehead. Who do you think will get more minutes this season amongst these two guys? My guess would be uh, that neither really plays a ton. It sounds like the positional need, though, was the big man. Mm-hmm. So maybe Clowney, although I like both of these players. I think uh, both of these guys will stick in the league. Um, I would think they're both going to be on the roster right from the start. Uh, Derek Whitehead, as I told you during the broadcast, if you looked up an NBA shooting guard in like an encyclopedia, you would see a picture of this kind of guy. Wow. He's like the prototypical NBA two guard, six 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 seven, pretty yoked up, very strong. Can defend multiple positions on the wing. Can shoot the three. He was a top five recruit in his class. Played at the Blue Blood program in Duke. He's from Newark, New Jersey. So coming back hey. to the Brooklyn Nets, he's gotta love that. You would think. Yes. His only issue in his one and only freshman season at Duke was injuries. He had several injuries. I believe he had a broken foot at one point, stress fracture kind of thing. Um, He was out multiple different times. I thought he might come back for a sophomore year, but again, if you're going to be a top 20, 21 pick in the NBA draft, you got to go. So can't blame him for staying in this draft. Hopefully he can stay healthy. I would think he would be behind Cam Thomas on the wing this coming season, so that's why I would say Clowney would probably play a little bit more. And to talk more about Clowney, uh, I think he's a little bit of a project at this point. He's very young, another freshman, one and done. Showed the ability to step out and shoot the three. Uh, Probably has to work on the physicality a little bit to play much in the NBA. but definitely showed that versatility where he could play the four or the five, stretch four, 
or stretch five. Definitely has to bulk up a little bit. I think you'd like to see a little bit better rebounding numbers, shot blocking numbers. Um, but yeah, he can score it. And with not having much depth in the front court, he might get some minutes. Okay. Yeah, they um, they do not have that many big men at the moment. It's just Nick Claxton. I guess Dayron Sharp, but he's a little undersized. He, he was playing small ball center last year. That That's literally it, though. Uh, so they still have the albatross of a Ben Simmons contract, $37 million this year, then 40 next year. Yikes. Uh, they have Mikhail Bridges under contract for cheap the next three seasons, 21, 23, 24 in the final year. Dimwitty, it looks like. I, that I'm not sure. It says his contract's not guaranteed for this season. Maybe they will guarantee it, though. I I don't think they really need to bring him back. But if they like him as a locker room guy, perhaps. Dorian Finney-Smith and Royce O'Neal still under contract. Finney-Smith's got a few more years left on his deal. And then Royce O'Neal... It's about uh, $9 million. Claxton is also an expiring deal. I believe they're going to want to keep him. So um, perhaps they'll extend him. Maybe not. He might be able to make more than $8 million a year. Cam Thomas, Dayron Sharp. That's kind of their roster situation there. Still way too many wings. Maybe they will trade one of them we'll see i'm i'm looking at i'm always thinking of brogdon trades and just because i think we kind of burned that bridge <laughs> for trading him what if what if we traded him to the nets for like a pick and then dorian finney smith and royce o'neill that would be because that equals about 20 20 million dollars when you add up those salaries maybe you do that and uh you figure out the the backup uh, wings for the team. Although I don't know, that's kind of it's kind of a, a roster jam there. I mean, I'm sure those guys aren't going to be thrilled about getting less minutes. But what can you do? So um, yeah, we'll see what how much these guys end up playing, and uh, you know. The rebuilding Nets. All right, let's move on to number 23. Chris Murray, power forward, junior out of Iowa, going to the Portland Trailblazers. Now, um, I'm just, I'm assuming if you're going to draft a power forward in today's NBA who's 6'8", that he's probably a good shooter. Is that a fair assessment? That's definitely his strength at okay. this point in his career. And he's one of those guys that, you know, maybe by name he's a power forward, but there's not a ton of power in his game. He's going to play some four. I can see him playing a lot of three as well. And this is going to sound like a carbon copy of what we talked about this time last year with his brother, because he is essentially a carbon copy of his identical twin brother as far as basketball game is concerned. The only difference is he is a lefty and his brother Keegan playing for the Sacramento Kings is a righty, but their games are very, very similar. And you got to see Keegan play a bunch this past season. Uh, so Chris is going to do the same kind of things. He's going to stretch it out to the three-point line immediately in the NBA. Kind of slight of build. Uh, it's going to have to bulk up a little bit to compete as a four-man in the NBA and rebound down low. He's not going to block a ton of shots, I wouldn't think, right off the bat in the NBA. Um, but I would say he's going to be a solid piece off the bench. He'll be in the rotation right away. He's going to be ready to play. Uh, I, I remember going through Sacramento's roster at this time last year, and we were kind of on the fence. Is this guy going to start, or is he going to come off the bench, or is it going to be a combination of the two? I would think his brother is the same kind of thing, like probably off the bench, but with that young Portland team, you never know if he has a great summer league, great training camp. Maybe he, he could sneak into the starting lineup early in the season or you know 
definitely has a shot, I would think, by late in the season. Uh, but, yeah, he's going to be in your rotation right away. Really like this pick at 23. I think this guy could have went much higher in this draft. Could be an all-NBA rookie type of guy, I would think. I think the opportunity is there for him in Portland right off the bat. Yeah, we'll see what they end up doing. Um, especially, like, I feel like him and Jeremy Grant might clash a little bit, perhaps. Yeah, I would think he would be in competition for minutes with Jeremy Grant. He's similar type of player. But Jeremy Grant's 29. This is it's a rebuilding team. I know Lillard's still there. Who knows if he will be there by October. I don't know. The, they have a lot of decisions to make. Uh, I mean, we were clowning on Nurkic earlier. Um, Anthony Simons making way too much money. Yeah, that I don't. I don't know what this this team's doing. It, it I. It's hard to hard to you know predict how many minutes this guy will get. These they could totally just say, "All right, we're trading Lillard now." That's it. We're done. And then I would say, oh, yeah, this guy's going to get a shot. Or maybe they package some of these guys and uh, as well as Scoot Henderson and uh, try and get a veteran. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see where their head's at. But sounds like a, a good pick. Sounds like a useful player to have in today's NBA, I would say. So let's uh, let's move on to twenty four. Sacramento Kings traded this pick to the Dallas Mavericks. It's Olivier Maxence Prosper, Omax they call him, Junior out of Marquette. Is this the next Jay Crowder? No. <laughs> so I would say he's a little bit more athletic than Jay Crowder, okay. and that's why he slipped into the late first round here. Apparently, he tested out really well at the Combine. Uh, he was kind of on the fence as far as possibly going back to college for a senior season this year. But again, he's another one. Looks like he made the right decision slipping into that late first round, get that guaranteed money. Um, I know your Celtics were looking at this guy mm. at one point. Yep. I'm not particularly, particularly high on this guy, I would say. Um, he had a good season. But again, he's another guy that was in a really big-time conference in the ACC a couple of years ago, started his career at Clemson. And not to knock Marquette, um, but transferring from an ACC school to a Big East type of school that's not like a, a power program necessarily. Marquette had a good year, but that raises some questions for me um, as to why it didn't work out against the greater competition. He can stretch it out to the three-point line. Really worked on that and improved that this past season. And again, likes to attack the basket, can play above the rim. He's going to rebound positionally. Um, I got a comp for you. I think he's a little bit like a Torian Prince when Torian Prince was younger. Oh, yeah. uh, he's going to be that kind of guy that could play some three, play some four, stretch four. Oh, yeah. He's got to improve the three-point shot. I think Torian Prince was picked much higher, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I think he was around like 12, perhaps. But yeah, that's what you're looking at. Maybe, you know, a part-time starter eventually. Uh, solid bench piece, best case scenario. I don't think he's ever an NBA all-star, but he's a guy that's going to stick and stay in the league, I would say, for a while. Okay. I mean, this is similar to the Blazers. We, we don't know exactly what they're going to do. Uh, I think it all depends on... Where they end up signing Kyrie Irving again or not. Um, they got some cap space. They can create some if they want. If they want to get off of Hardaway and Reggie Bullock. So uh, it sounds like this guy's going to come off the bench with, you know, maybe a Josh Green, maybe with uh, his new teammate as well in uh, Derek Lively. <laughs> We'll see. We'll see what uh, Mr. Cuban does. Our uh, our buddy, shout out to our buddy Bill, big uh, Mavs fan. Uh, we asked him what he thought of uh, the Mavericks these days, and he said uh, Cuban is uh, the worst owner in basketball. I think he said in all the sports. Did he say all the sports? I think he might have said that, yeah. Damn. Strong words. But... Uh, He's he's a smart guy. 
Uh, he fall. He obviously knows a lot more about the Mavs than we do, so we trust him. And uh, hopefully, he will not bring back Kyrie Irving this year. But he. It sounds like he will. So I'm sorry, Bill. And our next pick is at 25, a pick that we thought was originally going to go to the Celtics. We actually traded it to Detroit for a bunch of second-round picks, which one of those picks ended up getting traded for two more second-round picks. The Celtics have like five second-round picks that they got from this (laughs) number 25 pick. It's crazy. Anyways, it is Marcus Sasser. He's going to the Pistons. He's a point guard. Is this Cade Cunningham's new backup point guard? 100%. This is going to be a very solid backup point guard right off the bat in the NBA. As we talked about earlier, and as we know, Detroit's a relatively young team. And this is a relatively old rookie this coming season as he played four years at Houston. Played big-time basketball, was in the 2021 Final Four as a sophomore starter. Started since his freshman year. He actually missed a bunch of his junior season at Houston due to injury. Um, So he really only played three out of those four seasons at Houston. But he bounced back this past season with a very, very solid senior year. So again, he's played a lot of big-time basketball. The lights aren't going to be too bright for him right off the bat I would say this is a guy that's going to log 20 minutes a night and uh, be productive can knock down threes definitely can step it out to the NBA three point range very very solid defender good rebounder for a guard yeah and he's going to run step in and run your second team right away in Detroit I would think love this pick very solid yeah so Last season, Corey Joseph would often come off the bench for them. He's 31. He's getting up there. And Killian Hayes, he he started a lot of games, mainly due to Cade's injury. But uh, I'd imagine Corey Joseph will not be back. Killian Hayes, this is kind of his last shot to show that he's uh, that he's worth investing in for Detroit. So we'll see what happens there. But... Um, I would guess that Detroit will eventually move on from him and uh, Marcus will be their their permanent backup point guard. Maybe he'll play alongside Cade at times. It's possible, I'd say. But yeah, it's a rebuilding team. They're going to... They're going to play the young guys. Might as well. Uh, There's not too many older guys still under contract. It's really just... um, Bogdanovich, Bo- Boyan, Alec Burks is under contract for one more year as well, but that is about it. So, I just want to say that I did misspeak there. Houston made the 2022 Final Four, not the 2021. It's a footnote, but he still played a lot of big-time college basketball. Honestly, those few years after COVID were a whirlwind. It's, Very true. Yeah. I mean, my God, the 2021 NBA finals that was in july wasn't it past the fourth of july yeah Yeah. and i think even like not last season but the 2021 22 season was really affected by covid as well i don't know if you remember but i'm sure you do back in december early january that's when so many people were catching covid in the league and you had to you know find guys to replace them all these g league guys getting called up uh, the guys who you thought didn't even play basketball anymore are now back on a team that they were drafted by over 10 years ago mario chalmers, <laughs> mario chalmers. <laughs> uh, joe johnson <laughs> came back to the celtics that was a that was a weird time but i feel like that subsided pretty quickly by like um you know February, March 2022. That was really the last like COVID concern we had. I think maybe a couple players got COVID this year. Wasn't no, they weren't really big headlines though. It didn't didn't affect the season too much. So this has really been the first uh, normal air quote season 
in the past few years. So we'll move on. We got Ben Shepard coming up next. Senior out of Belmont. He's going to the Pacers. Um, what what do you think this guy has? Is he even going to play at all? So this is one that I feel like might be a little bit of a stretch for the first round. Clearly, this guy worked out well for the Pacers. I'm sure he worked out for many teams, but obviously the Pacers saw something that they really liked. He's a wing, played at a smaller school, Belmont. Uh, didn't play a ton of big-time college basketball. I don't think that there's going to be minutes for him right off the bat based on what we've seen and talked about as far as their roster construction. I think there's several guys that are ahead of him on the wing, and maybe this is a G League guy to start, and he gets some experience playing big-time ball there. Um, Don't have too much for you on him as I don't watch Belmont all that often. I did catch a couple of his conference tournament games, but other than that, kind of surprised this guy was a first-round pick. Didn't see him projected there very much. Yeah, so I feel like this was kind of a common theme throughout this draft, was that, you know, obviously Wembenyama, generational talent, but then, you know, after maybe like the top five or so, it, it seems like kind of a weak draft. Why do you think this was such a weak draft? Is this just... By, by chance, maybe similar to like the 2000 draft where, you know, you just had a bunch of guys that, you know, weren't good. I mean, I guess, I guess it's going to happen from time to time. Yeah, we did talk about this a little bit off the air. And I was trying to get your feel for what you'd heard about this draft. And, you know, my impression is that it's not one of the strongest. I mean, obviously, you don't know until three, four, five years down the line at least – Um, Some of these guys could really pop at some point. Uh, But my takeaway or my guess would be that this is more of just an anomaly. um, And we'll see what happens next season because we were talking in the lead up to this draft about what a strong draft it looks like it was last season even. And these were mostly, you know, big time college guys. Obviously, you got Victor in this draft, so it could be a transcendent talent and Victor Wenbanyama stealing all the headlines this season and overshadowing what might also be, you know, not the greatest collection of talent. Uh, but I think you're going to see next season going back more to the norm. We'll see. Um, but bigger picture also, and we'll get to this a little bit later, I really like to see uh, more value later in this draft, which we're starting to get into here late first round and you're going to see a lot of that in the second round too there's not so much draft and stash so we'll get to that later but Mm -hmm. it seems like there was value found later in this draft sure yeah um i mean we're basically in the late first round now let's move on to number 27 nick smith jr going to charlotte is this guy this guy's going to replace Book Knight, you think, for minutes? Yeah, and speaking to the point we were just talking about with the value later in the draft, this is an example of that, getting Nick Smith Jr., a big-time recruit who had some injuries this past season at Arkansas, but getting him at number 27, to me, is huge value. The upside on this guy is, I would say, nearly as high as Brandon Miller, even, who went number two in this this draft. Um so it sounds like they're going to be teammates now. And, yeah, I would say Book Knight is the guy he's going to be competing with minutes for, mostly. I guess everybody that might be playing the two-guard slot. But this guy has the potential to be a big-time scorer, can really shoot it, can stretch it out to the NBA 3 already. I would say that shot selection is going to be key for him. He gets a little bit out of control sometimes, and the interesting comparison that I gave you would be, think, J.R. Smith in his younger years. And I'm not talking about later in his career when he was just totally a chucker. But J.R. Smith, when he was young, had great athleticism as well. Mm -hmm. And Nick Smith Jr. brings that to the table. This guy is going to have some highlight reel dunks. Would not be surprised to see him in a slam dunk contest someday. Super, super athletic. But the chucking 
also reminds me a little bit of Jordan Poole. I think he's going to be a better pro than Jordan Poole, and Jordan Poole is making a lot of money right now. So if he had a, so if he had a Jordan Poole type of career, I would think that would be a success. Um, so I expect big things from Nick Smith Jr. I think he's going to play right off the bat, and he's going to see opportunity in Charlotte. The youth movement, I'd say. They got to get rid of some of these older guys. Gordon Hayward, I think he's gone. I mean, we talked about Charlotte earlier, but um, uh, hopefully <laughs> this guy isn't a distraction amongst all the other distractions they have. Oh, God. All right, so we'll move on to number 28 was Bryce, who we talked about. He's going to the Jazz, so we'll move on to 29. Julian... Strouther? Strouther, Strother. I think it's Strother, but very close. Junior out of Gonzaga. This pick is going to Denver, so he is going to the defending NBA champs this season. Do you think he'll get many minutes with Christian Braun, perhaps? I think he's definitely going to be in the mix. Now, I'm not going to say for sure that he's going to play right away. Um, I believe that last year we kind of thought Christian Brown was probably not going to be in the rotation right away. I don't know if he was or not early in the NBA season, but I sure know he was during the playoffs. So what Denver ended up doing seemed like playing kind of a short rotation. Um, and if they end up bringing Bruce Brown back, I think it would be a lot less likely that Strother gets minutes right off the bat. But this is another value pick here. This is a very good player that's NBA ready right now. Um, when you get picked by some of these stronger teams, sometimes you don't see these guys play right away, and that's kind of why I thought Brown, Christian Brown might not play too much this past season. But he proved me wrong, and he stepped up and did a great job. The other thing about this pick that I know is that it was not originally Denver's, and they moved back up in to get this guy. So obviously they had their eyes on somebody. Could have been him, could have been somebody that went earlier in the draft. But I think they got to like what they got at the end of the first round. This guy's a shot maker, super competitive, improved every year at Gonzaga. He was more of a role player his first two years. Really kind of became a star this past season. Had a game-winning three in an NCAA tournament game. So the coach at Gonzaga dialed up his number at the end of a game when he had another All-American on the team. Uh, this guy played with Chet as well last season, so he kind of took some of the offensive role that Chet had this past year. But he's going to be able to play some two and three, I would say mostly three. He's got that defensive versatility, I think. Yeah, definitely can step out to NBA three-point range already and – I think he's going to be in the mix. I don't think he's going to be in the G League. I think he'll be on the roster right away. We'll see if they get him in there or not. Yeah, so they have pretty much their whole starting lineup coming back next year. They're under contract. KCP, Aaron Gordon, Michael Poor Jr., Murray Jokic, they're all there. They still have a bunch of young guys. Zeke Naji can play spot minutes, a solid um, – Vlaco Kankar, I've, I've I've seen him in the rotation before. He wasn't in the playoff rotation, but you know nothing to sniff at. Peyton Watson, decent player, uh, got some minutes last year, not in the playoffs, but yeah, this raw is just a good mixture of uh, talented vets, got a couple all stars, and then a few like really solid role players. And then um, you've got the, the youth movement off the bench that's uh, really coming together as well. So, yeah, this is going to be the team to beat next year, I'd say. And props to them for you know, holding on to a lot of these first-round picks while, while uh, you know, finding a way to build. Like, their big trade was really the Aaron Gordon trade. And I... I I don't recall them giving up a ton of uh, things for Gordon. I know Gary Harris was in that trade. I'm sure there was a first rounder or two as well, but it seems like they've they've recovered pretty nicely for the most part. Uh, KCP that was a brilliant trade 
last year, getting off uh, Will Barton, who, you know, wasn't quite the same as he was a few years prior for the Nuggets, and Monte Morris, who actually, who I thought was a decent player, but they really needed, like, another wing amongst the group, a, a good shooter, and that was a good call. Yeah. So, it's a team to beat, guys. Team to beat. So we'll move on to the final pick of the first round. This pick, it's been it's been a few places. Let's say that. So this was originally supposed to be Milwaukee's pick. It was in the PJ Tucker deal from a couple years ago. So that's how Houston got a hold of it. And then Houston was involved in a trade with the Grizzlies and the Clippers where Luke Kennard went to the Grizzlies, Eric Gordon went to the Clippers, and Houston got John Wall (laughs) and a bunch of scraps. But one of the the things that uh, Houston was able to negotiate with the Clippers was that, hey, we get the swap between whatever Milwaukee's pick is and what your pick is. So, it turned out that, uh, I mean, it was probably pretty obvious by the trade deadline of last year that the Clippers pick was going to be much better than uh, Milwaukee's pick. So, this allowed Houston to get number 20, and hey, nice, because that's where Cam Whitmore fell to. So, very smart doing that. So then the Clippers, they still got a first rounder, but it was Milwaukee's first rounder. And it's Kobe Brown. Now, the, he's a senior out of Missouri, a power forward. So when you draft a senior, you'd imagine these guys are NBA ready, perhaps. Is Kobe Brown actually going to play amongst all these overpaid vets that they have on the roster? So I would actually say that's a fair assessment and that he's actually probably physically ready to do so um, as far as he's really filled out. He's a thick guy, like 6'7", 250 about. But again, we've talked about a couple guys lately with that kind of build where when you're transitioning from college basketball to the NBA, obviously the speed of the game is much faster in the NBA. He played a lot of four in college, and you're going to have a tough time doing that at 6'7 in the NBA. So my guess would be they would try to get him to trim down a little bit and play the three at maybe you know, 6'7, 230, 235, somewhere in that range. And until he does that, I think he's going to have a tough time seeing the floor. Uh, very productive at Missouri, improved year after year. Did not look like an NBA prospect a couple years ago. So to see him in the late first round, hats off to him. Uh, But to answer your question, I would say no. I don't think he's going to be in the rotation right away. Uh, Maybe a G League guy even. Uh, But we'll see what happens. I mean, again, he got more and more productive every season. He was the featured guy in the Missouri offense this past year. Could step it out to three-point range has a back-to-the-basket game. But unfortunately, again, at 6'7", you're not going to be able to use that in the NBA. So he's going to have to probably become a 3-and-D kind of guy. Again, maybe Grant Williams would be another fair comparison, although Grant Williams was known to be a much better defender coming out of college than this guy is. So we'll see what happens. I mean, hats off to Kobe Brown for working his way into the late first round. Yeah, that's likely four years worth of guaranteed money depending on how he does it's almost always at least two years of guaranteed money sometimes uh, teams will decline the fourth year as we saw with um, Jalen Smith and the Suns which I think was a little premature on the Suns end Um, we've seen it a few other times as well I'm looking at this roster here, and there's there's so many guys. Marcus Morris making $17 million next year. He's not that guy anymore. He, he was five years ago, not anymore. Robert Covington, 
again, five years ago, $11 million. Looks really good. Not now. Nicholas Batum, $11 million. He's, he's 34. He could, he could play spot minutes, but no, that's that's too much money. Of course, they got Zubach, Kawhi Leonard, Paul George. They're all coming back. Amir Coffey, decent player. Uh, Terrence Mann's extension is kicking in as well. I think they'll hold on to him. They got Bones, Bones Highland. I, I'd imagine they're definitely going to keep him. And then uh, who knows what they'll do with Westbrook. Maybe they'll bring him back. Uh, they only have a certain amount of money they can offer him, which I think is like $3 million. I don't know a team that's going to really be jonesing to sign Westbrook in the offseason, especially at his age. Uh, sometimes he can be a bit temperamental as well as we saw with the Lakers. So, uh, I don't know. Is BJ Boston still a part of that organization? He is. Uh, it looks like his contract is, let me see if it's guaranteed or not. It says next season's not guaranteed. And that's a two-way deal, am I right? Uh, no, I think he's actually on the team. Yeah, it looks like he's on the team, along with Jason Preston. They both had the exact same deal. I guess they both second-round picks a couple years ago, and they're holding on to them. But, yeah, hearing this roster construction and looking at, like, the 3-4 slot, when you've got guys like Marcus Morris, Robert Covington, Batum, all competing for minutes and making that kind of money. Kobe Brown would be fighting for minutes with those guys, and I just don't see him having much of a shot to get in that rotation with veterans like that ahead of him. Oh, for sure. And I I would say they're probably going to trade some of these guys, but even if they do, they're just going to get more veterans to play with Kawhi and Paul George. That really seems to be the route they've been going for the past few years this might actually be the oldest roster in the league now that i'm looking at it maybe some of the younger guys will skew the average down a bit but if you're talking like starting lineup early to mid 30s for the most part except for zubach zubach is young still he's actually only 26 that was a great trade feels like he's been around a while too he, yeah, I guess the Lakers drafted him when he was pretty young. Um, he was actually in that Mike Muscala trick. Magic. Magic was like, yeah, we need some shooters to put around LeBron. We'll give you this guy. I can't really say his name. I, I, I can't tell if it's, it's Zubats or Zubach. But, yeah, it's just a headache. You can have him if you give us Miskala. Wasn't he kind of playing well for them before they traded him, too? I'm sure he was. But, you know, Magic can't say his name, so that's a problem. <laughs> that's a problem. But, um, you know, I'm sure he apologized in person to the media. Made a whole whole event of it, saying, yeah, you know, I, I have to step down. I traded uh, Ivica. I traded... Ivanka Zubac so it's you know it's my fault I need to I need to go to the movies with Cookie more I think it's his wife's name yes yeah that was like one of the things he he said (laughs) are you serious he's like yeah I miss not being able to go to the movies with Cookie it's like what are you doing (laughs) you're that hated that you can't go to the movies no I think he's just saying I don't have time to oh I see to to like see good transformers or something I I know those folks weren't thrilled with him back in those days either though yeah what a disaster but I mean shout out to the Lakers they won a fake real championship in the bubble as they call it um the next year so so that is the first round uh we are going to take a little break here for a little while and uh hopefully we'll get to the the second round i don't know within a week maybe a month or two months um but yeah you'll hear from us soon thank you for 
your analysis, Dan, because I did not know any of these guys. Thanks again for having me, Sam. Always a pleasure. And love to hear your roster construction breakdowns and how these guys might fit into a team. Wow, it's the only thing I'm really good for. It was a tough one, but we did our best. Yeah, sorry. Sorry for the beginning of uh, the draft, guys. We just did not know these guys, but um, at least we taught you about the Thompson twins. Ha-ha, hold me now. Uh, okay, bye. To all my ladies in lingerie, never underage, who stay getting paid, who like to take trips with the sun and shade. To my women who love to ball out and spend all their money to get all out. I feel like a pimp with a different pimp game, with a different pimp name, with a little pimp fame. I'm loaded with cash, loaded with class, loaded with a lot of things, even got a gap loaded for that ass. I love my mind, love my soul, love my body. I don't drink or smoke, that's why I love my body. You might kiss me. Chillin' with a little short hottie Put a little piercing on her body Yes, I get it poppin', especially overseas Japanese girls even love my beef They say, Timberland, we love you We love that dope thing that you do Even in London, they say, Tim, we love ya They even call me things like Wicked And the effin' governor That's why I can't forget y'all That's why I had to make this roll call Thomas frequently say, bus stopping and whiskey popping to the Marvin and Gay. Sunny, don't play tomorrow, but live for today. Sunny, here's a quarter for that groovy arcade. Uh. From Cool J to Kane, dog, we changing the game. So crappy with things, Batman ain't looking the same. Haters, get more familiar who you robbing for change. Savage, aka Tyler Durton's the name. Guess what, people? It's the first of the month. Guess what, people? I can do what I want. I can take all my people's own first class flights. I can buy all my homegirls black these device. I'm a dime when it comes to just serving girls. I'm a dime, so that's why nobody's in my world. Cause Timberland's that cool cat, aka Thomas Crown, don't forget that. Rap cars, eat hot food, live in a mansion next to Hanson. I forgot that I'm from your hood. I'm just trying to be who you Cause I hate the game, I hate the glory. I could be with Charlie, would be another story. You don't know all the things I see. More than famous, they took my cash, take my name, put it up in bright lights. I ain't got a damn right. They come chilling and living life. Charging due time on my P-Town, folk getting paid by the line. This is for one and all. It's so good to feel all of y'all. Make that move and just ball out. Life's too short for some time now. This is for one and all. It's so good to feel all of y'all. Make that move and just ball out. Life's too short for some time